0: Hi, I'm Steve from Images of Eden, and you're listening to How Concerts Made Us.
1: Is everybody in? Is
2: everybody in? The show is about to begin. Welcome to the podcast, concerts that made us, interviews and stories, tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down—the greatest live shows and the cheering crowd sound. It's concerts, concerts that made us, concerts that made us dot com.
1: On this episode, I'm chatting with Steve from Images of Eden. We chat about their latest release, weathered and torn, the music video for Count to Zero, which he directed, the upcoming tour with Michael Schenker, and much, much more. And you're gonna hear all about it. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. You're Very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to chatting with you now. So we opened the show with Coexistence. It's off your latest release, Weathered and Torn, which was released on September 16th. Would you like to tell us a bit about it?
0: Sure. Um, well, we uh, went on tour with Yingbeil Malmsteen just last fall. And as soon as we got back right before Christmas time, we wanted to really go for our next step and what we're going to do. And we were going to go out and tour some more with Angel Born, but we kind of had an idea. Let's just take a time out a little bit. Let's let's do an EP. Let's get heavier because we all have that in our roots. And for what we've all been through the last couple of years here in the whole world, I mean, everybody's kind of angry and upset. And we wanted to kind of put out a real organic reaction to all that. And so what we wanted to do is, is do this EP show a heavier side of ourselves, a true organic reaction to The last couple of years we've all had. And so we went with that. Um, And so we started immediately working on that. We wanted to put it out right away because we just signed on with the tour with Michael Schenker for his 50th anniversary world tour, just to do the U S leg of all that. And so to to make the perfect storm, we had to have our EP recorded and turned in on a certain date in order to have a release date before our tour started. So with all that being said, there was a music video thrown right in the top of all that that we had to do as well. So we just went to work. Uh, we had a lot of the ideas in our heads circling. but We just had to kind of get them laid out. Um, Gordon, who's our main songwriter, kind of puts these shells together. And then we all kind of take off with it each individual instrument. And, you know, the funny thing is we live apart. We don't live at all in one state or city or whatnot. We all live all over the whole country. So uh, in essence, you know, it's kind of like um, uh, an assembly line over the internet. You know, we put the <laughs> shells together, get the drums done, I send it out the bass, he gets it done, leads are going on, rhythms, all, vocals, all that. And so, but anyway, uh, to make a long story short, we were able to get it written, get it recorded, and uh get it turned in in time and thus you know september 16th we've we've got the weathered and torn ep release
1: geez this sounds like a lot of pressure and a lot of kind of rushing to meet the deadline almost
0: yeah and I, I you know we felt rushed but we weren't rushed we just stayed on task we didn't want to rush it that's one thing you just don't want to do is just kind of settle for something put it together and put it out we don't do that so we did rush in a sense where we just kept very. um um on top of the ball all the time and and getting all all of our goals done to meet that date so it all worked out
1: yeah yeah and you mentioned it's heavier yes you can definitely tell it's heavier than your previous work what was the thought process like behind that is it a kind of a a scary you know prospect for a band to go heavier
0: yeah i mean it, it was sort of um something that we wanted to try. I mean, we've we've always got the heavy tones in our music, but we're very melodic and it's a lot of heartfelt metal, you know what I mean? <laughs> but we wanted to really uh, get in someone's face this time. I mean, this with the last couple of years and we talked to our record label about it and we've been trying to break over into Europe and other countries other than the United States, um, which we felt we needed to go heavier to ha- to get that key to unlock that doorway for us, so to speak. Now, that's not the only reason we we did it that way. Like I told you before, we, you know, we we were all had a reaction to the last couple of years, just the governmental things, the uh, all the things that got put on us as humans across the globe, you know, shut us down. We couldn't go play music. We can't do this. You can't go to work. You can't do that. I mean, wow. I mean, and the craziness still hasn't ended, you know, in the whole world. It's still going strong. So it's like, you know, we're, we're a band that puts out a good message in our music with with hope and inspiration and never give up and 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 always try to be the best you can be but we roll that up in metal music we just wanted to get heavier on this one because it was organic for us for one um and yeah we wanted to try a little something different we just didn't want to stay status quo we wanted to give you uh another reflection of what images of eden looks like you know Mm -hmm. and we, we cover a wide spectrum of music. A lot of the heaviness, we have it all in our backgrounds from previous bands and, and growing up or whatever. We just, Images of Eden, we're a pretty mature group of guys. So we're, we're putting these songs together that you may have heard from the past, our Angel Born record, Soul Rise. Yeah, they have heavy tones to them, but they're very melodic and they're heartfelt and they speak to you. And uh, this time we just wanted to get really ultra heavy, you know, and, and, and give a delivery like that.
1: Yeah, just let loose, so to speak. And you mentioned mentioned that you're kind of looking to break into Europe. I always find that interesting with American bands, because over here in Europe, every band is like, oh, we have to break into the States. Once we break (laughs) into the States, we're world famous. What's that like from an American band's point of
0: view? Well, um, I'll tell you, like. From, from our side, when we see Europe, we see all the great metal festivals happening in the certain times of year, whether it be the fall or the, the spring or whatnot, into summer. And then we see our friends like Flotsam and Jetsam and stuff and go on playing for Seas of People. And then they come back here and play for normal venue-sized places, you know? <laughs> so it's just like, we're always like, I think the um, metal music and the he- heavier aspect of metal music is, is more accepted and and more um wanted over there than maybe more so here like like i said you know the, you can play a, a a general venue of a thousand people but you can go over there with the same kind of present stage presentation and you'll have a sea of people i mean when you play a festival you know but that's what catches our eye we want to get over there we want to we want to play we i think everyone would like us um you know i think we're worthy of a a big stage like that at this point in time that we built all this up to this point so uh, yeah I hope it happens and that is one of the reasons why we went heavier on this record to show everyone you know we can do that we can go there and if that's the delivery you guys kind of like well then let me give you a little taste of it so yeah
1: well after listening to DEP I'm I'm fully convinced that you guys would be absolutely eaten alive in Europe you'd be loved there'd be just queues of people going to see it
0: oh well That would be great yeah hopefully that day will happen one day so we'll see
1: fingers crossed fingers crossed
0: now as well as being a
1: drummer you're also a director and producer you've done the video for count to zero which is
0: awesome by the way but what was the what was the process like so all the videos that um that images of Eaton has done um i produced and directed them every single one of them and um, that's a whole nother story how i got involved with that business but Um, it comes from my son kind of being in the film business and you know I kind of met a lot of people and uh, I just wanted to start trying to do some music videos because I had that thought in my head you know matching you know scene work with actually music and kind of trying to make sense of it so I've always had that fascination with that but so when I got the opportunity to start creating these producing writing directing these for Images of Eden it was just been a blast so I don't even know. This is like our seventh or eighth music video or something like that right now. I don't know. But uh, but this particular video and, and how I kind of do it on all of our videos is Gordon, our, our um, main songwriter, is a great lyricist. So his lyrics are really outstanding. And, and I try to follow those. And when I'm thinking and kind of dreaming up some storylines, you know, and, uh, what, whatever the case may be. So really, I take off on his lyrical content first. And that kind of sparks ideas of visuals, which sparks ideas for locations and how we're going to accomplish that. So for this particular video, Count to Zero, is kind of interesting because the whole song, Counting to Zero, the clock's kind of ticking back on us. You're running out of time. you got to be your best today. Pull yourself up out of the ditch if you're there right now and stand up, you know, because you you have a backing of support. You just don't know it. And so we're always trying to be lifting. but. So so with that I had clocks in my mind while I was thinking of this. There's this a clock timing type of thing. We're all living by the clock. You know, we're late for work, we're late for this, we got to hurry up or we ain't gonna have enough time. Everybody's driven by the clock, okay? So I had that in my head and clock time clicking down on you and you're running out of time. It was just the kind of the appropriate kind of visualization I wanted to give to go along with the song. So once I had that in my head, I was trying to figure out okay, now I want us to soar inside of the clock and I want you to see the band inside of the clock playing with all the gears turning and everything. So I had to pull some, some big timers out of Hollywood, (laughs) which I happen to know and they they were able to do CGI and some green screen work and, and and VFX work with along with my really talented digital photographer, um, uh, director of photography, rather Chris Sheffield who, who helped edit this and shot this. So, it was a team of experts with the guy's crazy idea that we try to make it work. And I just try to direct it and make the storyline work appropriately. So a lot of work goes into it. Let me tell you, it was like uh, 90 days of pre-production. Just planning it out, getting locations, creating the acting scenes, camera work, props, you name it. There's so many things to cover. And then bringing everybody in, flying them in from all over Having a schedule that one weekend to shoot all the scenes, put it together, then go to editing and post. So, And then try to get all that done before the album is going to be released. So, yeah, I was doing both. So thankfully, I was done with my drum tracks. And then I said, here you go, guys. I'm working on the video now. So um, it all worked out pretty good. But I, I love making videos for us because I love the special message that we put inside every one of our videos. There's a different kind of, but maybe sort of the same message, common theme in all of our videos. So it's powerful. You know, it's life changing. I mean, we've had these testimonials from, from people who were struggling out there. We all used to struggle. We're older now. We learned our lessons. We're all good. We're paying it forward. We're helping the people who need it. You know, and yeah. there's not many people who have the guts to stand up and, and metal music and say, I'm here to help you. Because, you know, some say it would be career suicide. Why would you do something like that? Well, that's who we are. We don't care. You know, I'm not here to, to be a rock star. I'm here to, yeah, I, I love to play on big stages for a lot of people. I'd love to make good money at doing all this. Um, do I do that right now? No, I don't get to do that all the time. But it's a blessing every time we get to go do this. And uh, we're one of a kind. You know, and that's what I really feel that way. So when you come to one of our shows, there's people lined up at our merch table saying, wow, you guys had the guts to say that live. I, and, it, you know, it hit me, you know, and then they contact us months later, how they've grown and changed and how their problems have been turned around just because they paid attention to one of our songs. Mm. Hey, it's, it's all good. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of uh, the gold that you get out of this music. Yeah, that we play.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Especially nowadays, you know, I think times have kind of shifted and, you know, like 10, 20, 30 years ago, if you were a metal band, you kind of had to suit the image of, all oh, we mean guys and, you know, satanic <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I love that nowadays, you know, that you can actually come out and say, we are here to help people through our music. That's what we want to do.
0: Exactly. Now, someone, some people may want to put you're a Christian band. No, we're not. We're not. Are we Christian? Yeah, sure. We believe in God. And we're trying to put a good message out there. But we're not a Christian band beating you over the head with the Bible, telling you what you should do, and what you shouldn't do, be more like me and not like you. We're not like that. We're just like, hey, we're just like you. We got problems. Uh, here's how we work through them. So I'm not going to sing about a problem and leave you hanging. I'm going to sing about a problem and give you a solution. That's the difference. Okay, so. It'll be interesting to see how many other bands
1: start doing that. I have a feeling a lot of newer metal bands would kind of, you know, follow that trajectory. But um, back to the music video. You're definitely not afraid of work. Like, the drumming wasn't enough you had to like bring all this other work onto yourself and uh... <laughs> no
0: I, I know i always say why do i do this to myself oh my gosh
1: uh... that sounds crazy sounds crazy but something i was dying to ask you is what factors go into making an engaging music video
0: well um it really comes down to the treatment that you write for it the storyline i mean for one you got to pick the right song of course it's got to have a, a catchy chorus has got to have a, a powerful meaning and then from there you just build visualizations on top of that and um i'm a very i'm a stickler by not making it cheesy or anything like that i want it to be a, a real uh, a real sort of feel that you'll get so it doesn't feel fake or just acted out so as you notice now like gordon was our actor our singer gordon was our actor in this video because we talked about it, it oh, was let's, let's hire an actor and tell him what to do and whatnot. Like, well, like Gordon, you've been through some of these str- struggles and tribulations in your past. I mean, there's no better actor than somebody who's who's done it before, you know, and overcame it. And so, you know, I, I voluntold him. You know, it's kind of a funny word. <laughs> voluntold him he's going to be the actor for this, and he just did a great job. I just stayed behind camera and I coached him through with verbals. Here's how you're feeling. This is what's coming up. And let's let his face and his actions do the rest. He did a great job. Gordon did a great job with the with the acting work on there. But so there's there's a lot of intangibles. It's the song. It's the message. It's the visualization, and then it's how you build all that to make an impact, a kind of a climax point in the song, and then wrap it down with a good bring it at home message. You know what I mean? So every director has their own preference how they would like to deliver start and end it you know but that's just how i like to do it oh well, geez you're
1: uh, you definitely have a talent for it anyway it's it's fantastic as i said well thank you you know for younger bands say or newer bands do you need a massive budget to make a good music video in your opinion
0: well i don't i wouldn't say massive but you need a budget I mean, you'll you'll see the difference, you know, in the outcome. I mean, uh, and, you know, we're just blessed to, to be able to do what we do. And, of course, we, put, we sink some money into it. Don't get me wrong because we want to put out quality stuff. And if that means us sinking some cash into it to make it the way we like it, that's the way it's going to be. So we don't have a problem with that. Of course, it would be nice if somebody paid for it. But, listen, in this business, if someone pays for your work, they're going to be knocking on your door in a couple of years suing you for the money. So you, if you can keep this, is a message to the young bands also, if you can keep your expenses in house without getting investors and people coming in and manipulating you later and whatnot, that, that really helps in your build for your band, but it doesn't take a, a massive budget, but you do need a budget. And it just depends on what you want to do. And locations are the things that, that cost the most normally. You know, um, is finding the right location. It's just like buying a house. The location is like everything, you know, so your backdrop, how you're going to do that. But um, you can do a good budget and put a lot of uh, heart and effort in doing a lot of the footwork and help bringing that cost down. Uh, Luckily, I'm directing it and producing it. So we don't have to hire that outside of IOE. You know, that's where it just starts really getting building. What do you guys want to do? I already know the story. So if you can think for yourself and you can work for yourself. And then bring the pros in to help you accomplish it at your best route.
2: Ah,
1: ah, some great advice there. And at this point in the interview, I love diving back into my guest's history to find out how you got to where you are now okay. and what kind of inspired you. So if you can now, can you remember your very first musical memory?
0: Yeah, I think it goes back to when I was a young kid. I could have been five, six, seven. I had some family members, some cousins actually that that played in a band and they did like top 40 cover stuff and they traveled the country playing just little places, hotels or whatever. And my mom and dad were huge fans. They love live music and they love to go watch and play, though they would bring me in as a little kid because they couldn't find a babysitter or whatever the case. And so they tagged me along and I had to sit in the back and don't say a word and be quiet and just sit right there. And I just watched and I just I remembered I just watched and I said that I want to do that. I was just drawn to it like a magnet. I want to do that. And, you know, I didn't really feverishly um go after it after that. I just kind of grew up and just kind of Wanted to play drums. I wanted to sing. I chose drums over singing. I don't know if that was good or bad. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, started going to concerts, my favorite bands, Iron Maiden and A Wasp and all that stuff growing up. And that just kind of fueled the fire. And then I remember at fourteen, I just begged my dad. I wanted a drum set so bad. I, in my mind, I knew how to play drums. I just didn't have a drum set. You know, <laughs> so yeah. it's like he finally broke down, and and we drove down and got a drum set. And then I got it home and set it up, and I was terrible. I didn't. I thought I knew how to play. <laughs> I thought I knew, but um, you know, just I just practiced because it was a real love of mine. Um, my parents were splitting up around that time. I was kind of a kid. I was alone. I didn't really have an outlet. I was into sports a lot, but I really loved music because music was soothing me and, and helping me through my hard times. And so I hung on that. And, um, you know, or your parents never liked that. Why do you do it? Why are you doing that? Go, do, oh, come on, do something right. I'm like, this is what I love to do. And so I just pursued it really heavily as I got up to my senior in high school. I was already moved out of my house with my parents lived about four or five hours away from where my really hometown was. And I played in a band and I went to high school and did my senior year alone did it all on my own. Jeez. So that's what I wanted to do. After that, I, I moved to the big city in Phoenix, Arizona, out here in the States. And I, I just started building it. And from there, I, I was just in a couple of bands and then this one, you know, and, uh, in between all that, I retired for about 10 years because I got married and had a kid and I didn't want to be the dad. It was never there, you know, and then 10 years later, he started growing up and music found me again. And, you know, and here we go. Then yeah. I met Gordon all of a sudden. And then he said, I got this Images of Eden thing. I'm like, I don't know, man. I I don't know what I'm going to have time to do any of that. But then we hooked up and then all of a sudden something hit me. It's like, I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah. my hair out bought a new drum set <laughs> let's go and now we kind of joke about it we went from couch to to sold out theaters in less than five years so Jeez.
1: it's crazy it's crazy yeah. and you're proof that you can actually have the family and still be the rock star <laughs> you
0: can't you can you just yeah. gotta you gotta have your priorities straight and you know a lot of people do it and just Make sure you're taking care of your business at home and squeak out for a little bit and come home and get back on it again. So yeah, it's just it's a juggling act but and you got to be on your game but it can be done.
1: It's like you have the the best of both worlds when you get it right. So
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: And Images of Eden formed 20 years ago, but you rebranded 5 years ago. What led to the rebranding?
0: Well, um, Gordon was kind of like uh, almost like a, a one-man band with the images of Eden. He would have a lot of members that come help him and they would do a studio recording and then something would happen and they would leave and he had to get somebody else. But Gordon's always been the main writer and the main main message giver behind all of this and whatnot. So it's always rolled with him as a center point. And it's just evolved over the, the those first 15 years was just kind of a revolving door of them doing studio records and not being on a record label and um, just kind of doing them on your own. And uh, it was like that. Then when Gordon and I met, he kind of presented it all to me and I just got a business marketing mind. He's very talented. I've got talents. We put them together and let's rebrand this. Let's get the right members in it. Let's get the logo right. Let's get our music message correct. How we're going to bounce this up into a next level from what he's already done and work it. Let's see what happens. Let's shop it with some labels and let's just see what happens. So we put it all together and, you know, it took us about a year or two to kind of put it together, you know, with the members and the music and the recording. It was kind of it was kind of couch coming coming off the couch trying to just all of a sudden put all this together again so it took a little time to get started but then we got signed to pavement entertainment uh bill matoyer uh produced our records um the last two gordon and i produced this last one we did it on our own um but uh yeah we just built it from there so as soon as we got signed we you know we we had the avenues to go out and represent images of eden the marketing and promo avenues we got tours and went out with metal church and doro and got to go on a couple tours with yingve and now we're going out with michael Schenker and eric martin so those kind of things when you're with a label representing you like that it really helps you get to where you need to be you know so yeah i think we did a good job rebranding we're not done yet i mean we're we're we're, we're getting this thing pushed to where it needs to be right now. We're branded it. We're there. We we know where we're at. We just got to turn the corner with it all right now. I think this tour is our turning point. I feel that. Must be very exciting, though, to
1: know that you're at that exact moment where it's the turning point and bigger things lay ahead.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's just something that you got to feel for. And, I mean, I've actually doing this for so long and, and being in business, period, you know, you just kind of have a feel when – you know you're starting a business you're marketing it you are putting some investments in it you're polishing up you're making a sign you're you're getting the customers or whatnot you know it's kind of like that you just feel like you built over the last five years and now it's the turning point and that's kind of what i feel so we'll see we'll see if i'm right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i hope so
1: <laughs> hopefully hopefully i'm sure you'll uh i'm sure you will be you've got a great product anyway but um As you mentioned, you have a long history in music. You're a founding member of Born of Fire, as well as been in Images of Eden. Yes. Over the years, how has your approach changed to making music and
0: touring? Well, um, I never got to tour with Born of Fire, but uh, we made lots of music. Um, It's totally night and day from how I used to do it to how we we do it now. Um, Last time was more of we had five guys in one room. And everybody's rattling off a bunch of stuff and we're trying to kind of decipher it and put it together. And it's a little tougher that way, I would say. Yeah, but, you know, that's how it was done then. But now with Gordon, he's got more of um, visioned ideas, you know, that he'll lay out. He plays guitar, too. So he'll lay out some ideas. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, wow, let's, let's maybe tweak this and that or flip that or, wow, it's great. Let's build this. You know, so he kind of provides the shells right now. And so he'll give them to me and I can analyze them for a few weeks, dig into the song, break it apart, figure out what it's about, how my feeling needs to come out on this and build my drum lines. And then I will record my drum lines in the luxury of my own home here. And when I'm done with that, I send them back to him. If he likes them, boom, it goes out the door onto the assembly line. So with that sense, um, Things are a little tighter, more precise. They can use more analyzation time rather than getting in a room, collaborating, putting a song together. You think it's great. Then you're paying for studio time. You got two hours, man. Hurry up. Your time's running out. <laughs> Let's go. We got to hurry. And you just get it done. you know. But this time you can record it. You can switch it up. You can change things. Really analyze. So this time around, I think it's much better how we do it now for a final product sense
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely and you know it's it's amazing that nowadays like as you mentioned earlier you can be in different parts of the country you can be in different parts of the world and you can still put an album or put a song together you know you don't have to be in the same room
0: yeah isn't that amazing i mean we wish we could be you know but we're just like well it's just never gonna happen so you might as well just deal with it so (laughs) but you know thank god for technology and sometimes technology is horrible but in this sense, yeah, as long as we can email files and open them up, we're good, you know. Yeah. So The only
1: thing, though, and it may be a downside I hear a lot is, you know, you kind of need to be in the room jamming together and bouncing IDs off each other. How do you feel about that?
0: Well, I, I still like that. And we still kind of do that. But we do it with, OK, here's what I did. Send it off. What do you guys think? Hey, well, they'll say, well, let's flip these two parts around and I'm going to do it with you. All right, cool. We'll do that. Send it back. So it's, we do that, but it's like, okay, here's my idea. Give me a reply idea back and we'll, and then we finally mend it. Okay. It's on. So maybe a little more process, but normally everybody's so sharp. The shell will come out. We'll just highlight all of our parts on there and everybody just builds it. And We're all so on the same page right now. That's why it's very important. You bring the right character guys into your group. You know, when you got the right heart, right character guys with the same goal the same mindset things work easy things work easy it's seamless so
1: just to jump back into your history a bit the podcast is called concerts that made us as a concert goer yourself what concerts do you think have made you
0: rush grace under pressure tour with gary moore opening 1984 oh man um that was a good one
1: <laughs> i'd say so <laughs> uh,
0: You know, uh, Wasp concert that I went to 1985, Uh, Judas Priest concert that I went to 1985, Iron Maiden concert I went to in 1986, I think, with Twisted Sister opening up, Power Slave Tour. Those are some of the things right there that just put the fork in me, uh, and that's what I want to do. That's, I would stand there like a little kid and just, just watch. And I wouldn't be a fan. Just going off like that, I'd be watching, analyzing. I want to know your mindset. I want to know your mindset. I'm watching it all, and I'm soaking this in. That's what I do when I go to concerts. I, I take a piece from everybody. I a little, steal a little something. You know, <laughs> they do it to me, too. So. <laughs> so anyway, it's all good. But you know, in today's world, drummers, you know, Stet Howland, the Metal Church ex-wasp drummer, a good friend of mine. I toured with him with Metal Church. Super, super good dude, and great drummer. Okay, I can never twirl sticks like he does. I'm just never ever going to even try. Um, <laughs> Greg Hall, Kelly Smith, X-Flotsam drummer. Um, you know, these are all fantastic drummers that you know. Uh, I Charlie Benante. These are all guys that have huge influences on me and and my drumming. So you'll hear some classic metal drumming come out of me, but also with a kind of a more modern twist on top of it too with our wow. delivery.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Geez, some of them concerts. I'm surprised
0: I remember those dates. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> they were impactful times in my life, so I remember them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hugely jealous over some of them lineups from the 80s, though. Especially Gary Moore. I never had the mm-hmm. chance to see him. And, you know, he's one of the most legendary guitarists out there. He was unbelievable. Uh-huh. I actually, personally, I got to see Maiden. This year for the first time ever. And oh really? Oh, they were That's pretty incredible, huh? Yeah, yeah.
0: I yeah, they put on a I, great show.
1: I didn't know what to expect, but oh my god, the best stage show ever, all the props and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. It is. Yeah, yeah. Which leads me to my next question. What do you think goes into putting on a good stage show?
0: I mean, I love a theatrical stage show, so just things like iron maiden does with the theatrics and the the backdrops and i don't know what you saw but they had that airplane up in the air and it, it yeah. came down it's like that kind of stuff that's that's entertainment that's a show it has huge entertainment value i mean when people come to see a, a band live sure they're there to see your music and see you on stage going through the, the motions but i mean so much time is evolved there's so many bands out there you got to put on a show You got if you have the time. Now we don't have time to put on a show like that. (laughs) We got to get up on stage, play your set, and get off. You know, Michael's coming. (laughs) So, but you know, yeah, I'd love to do that. I mean, one of the kings of theatrics on stage is like King Diamond. You know, I know he can be a little evil and whatnot, but he puts a great, great stage show on the theatrics and. Everything that goes into that is like humongous. That's a lot of choreography. Everything that you got to do, that takes a whole nother stage manager to handle all that stuff, you know, (laughs) and make sure everybody stays safe. But yeah, prop stage show, if you can incorporate something, if it's small, something, it it really helps your show.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm always saying those are my favorite type of gigs. You know, when there's something more than the music, you know, something to add to the entertainment factor, keep the, the fans engaged exactly yeah and out of gigs that you guys have played as a band what concerts have made you guys
0: well there was a turning point when we first started um images of eden we started playing theater shows uh, immediately we never hit the bars circuit or nothing like that um so one of our shows with we opened up for jeff tate and um it was a turning point for us uh, another one was um we opened up uh for striper that was a turning point for us musically as we felt ourselves getting better on stage um we played with the iron maidens the all girl iron maiden tribute to they're a huge draw over here in the states i i think they are over in europe area too um but uh we, we played some of those gigs and we just kind of felt ourselves progressing and getting better and better. And I remember at the Striper show was our kind of our musical turning point where it all kind of came together and we were up here, not down here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so from there on, we just kind of we just keep rolling. We just keep building, and keep climbing the ladder. Is there a highlight from your
1: time touring that, you know, sticks out in your mind that you constantly go back to and remember fondly?
0: There was, um, I like to take care of kids out there, you know, so there was this one um, concert, it was in Green Bay, Wisconsin last year, Uh, the Epic Event Center, really big venue, really cool place. Uh, We got done playing, I see these two little kids up front at the gate by the stage, and they're trying to reach out to get something afterwards, a, a pick, or I always throw out a couple sticks to everybody when I'm done, but I saw them out, so I saved them. And it was like a, it was a pretty far reach from my stage to the gate where they're at, like eight feet away. So I was trying to reach to get, I didn't want to throw it because I didn't want it to drop and somebody else. Gets, so I'm trying to reach out and give it to them. I'm stretching as far as I can. I'm almost <laughs> ready to fall off the stage. And someone came behind me and grabbed my belt loops. I think it was Eric Mulvane, my bass player, and grabbed my belt loops and extended me out about six, four inches. And I was able to put it in the kid's hand and he got it. Oh. And that, that kid, um, his dad came up to me afterwards. It's like, oh, wow, you, you know, you made a huge impact on him. It's like, man, I can't thank you enough. I go, I, I wanted to make sure he got that, you know. So I remember that. And then someone took a picture of it from behind and gave it to me and of the handoff. And it was kind of an epic picture, you know, oh, yeah. with all the fans and me trying to stretch out something, <laughs> holding my belt loops, handing the kid the stick just to change somebody's day, you know, one, one word, one gesture changes somebody's life. It happened to me, it'll happen to you, it'll happen to somebody. So um, yeah, that's, that's a memory that sticks out from the last tour.
1: Jeez. That's actually, you know, a lovely memory, but you know, not just change someone's day that an act like that from a musician on stage has the potential to change someone's life, you know, 15, 20 years time, that kid could be sitting here, being interviewed on the podcast and be a member of one of the biggest bands. And that will be a standout memory that got him into music.
0: Something happened to me when I was a little kid and, you know, and I took off with it. So uh, music is great. It's, could you imagine a world without music? I mean, we pour everything into that. I mean, if we're not feeling good or we're feeling great or, you know, whatever the case may be, I mean, little do we know, everybody turns to music, you know, yeah, exactly. point in time of their day. So, but yeah, it's, it's great to go out and, put a smile on somebody's face and then be able to go up and rip the stage up with some double bass at the same time. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Exactly. Now, not to get negative, but I always switch it around now. What's one of the worst experiences you've had on tour and how did you overcome it?
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I'll just be honest with you here. Um, Well, I was on tour with Yingbei Malmsteen last year and, um, you know, it's not the easiest of tours when you're an opening band going out with him. Okay. Let's leave it, leave it at that. We're very respectful, very humble. We're big fans of his also, but you know, we didn't get always great treatment, you know, out there. So uh, I don't even want to get into it too deep, but you know, we went to Detroit one night and uh, we were supposed to play a gig and things weren't working well with ying Wei and the sound check and the venue. So they had a lot of delays. Then apparently the agent hired another local band to come in and open for us when there shouldn't have been anybody else on the bill. Uh. So therefore they took all of our stage time up. And then so there was hardly any time for us to play. So before Ingve was supposed to go on, because he don't, when he's supposed to go on, he he starts, if you're on stage, you got to get off, you know? So that's kind of the deal. So, you know, we just kind of got screwed over a little bit and it was more than a couple times. And that one kind of took the cake. I was just really angry, you know, that we travel all these miles through cold and whatever, and we get there and, you know, and, and we have to deal with that. So I was angry, but I just, um, you know i I don't know what we did we just got through the night we got to play like three or four songs the sound guy couldn't get his stuff together so we were getting ready to play he just couldn't get it together so i'm like oh screw it let's just pack up let's pack up and go it ain't gonna happen everybody's watching i was like so i start packing up and he goes oh i got it working okay unpack real quick and plug back in and we didn't get too far into packing. And then we played three or four songs and we got cut off and had to pack everything up, load up and go to your hotel and go to the next city. You know, it's just, it's deflating when that stuff happens to you. You're, yeah. You know, it's a rolling production. You, you travel, you want to go, you want to set up, you want to play for everyone and get your kind of your worth out of all that you went through to get there. And sometimes it don't happen. The next day we all had to just group up, say guys, some days are bad days. Okay. And we just need to be blessed that we're here. And today will be a better day. And it was, you know, we, I don't know where we went, but we ended up going somewhere else and we had a sold out show and everybody went nuts and it was fun. So it's just, you know, things happen on the road and, you know, when you're the opening band, you're going to feel the brunt of it sometimes. So that's just the way it is. I feel like that's such,
1: you know, a tough and a horrible situation to be in because I feel like, you know, you have to be respectful and i feel like there wouldn't really be much opportunity to bring that up to make a change you know with anyone
0: oh i did oh i brought it up (laughs) nobody (laughs) nobody cares nobody cares so it's it's all good you just you chalk it up like it's the music business man you know just not a bunch of rainbows and cotton candy guys for (laughs) sure There's, there's a lot of empty promises and you know all kinds of stuff you just you got to be solid when you're out on the road. You got to be solid within your group because, you know, it's just when you're solid within your group, there's going to be things that try to come in and derail you. You just got to shrug it off, keep rolling. Know what your purpose is out on the tour. And and we have a purpose on the tour. It's not just to go out and party and high five and kick a beer can around and say we played on stage. We got a purpose, man. We got a purpose. We're going out to to give some good, good uh, motivation to a lot of people across America. So
1: yeah exactly exactly i just thought of something actually a story you'd appreciate i heard once uh this band in ireland they were a newish band and they got on a tour with a much larger band and they were touring england and ireland and the larger band wouldn't let the drummer have a bass drum
0: what What did he what did he use he
1: just had the snare and the cymbals and the thomas
0: wouldn't let him have a bass drum okay (laughs) Well, that's a deal killer for me, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No tour. <laughs> no, in fairness, this band were more kind of more towards pop than rock okay. or metal, so they weren't yeah, very bass heavy, but still, you kind of don't need a bass drum. Yeah, it would help. I you know, like telling a, a guitarist, you can only have three or four strings, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm part Irish, by the way. Really? Really? Have you ever been?
0: No, I haven't. Yeah, and I hope to. I
1: hope to. You should, you should. It's a, a beautiful spot over here, especially in the summer. It's we always say, why would you go to Spain or the Caribbean when you have a beautiful summer in Ireland?
0: Oh man, I love. I think I'm um, I'm half German, half Irish. Ah, I see. I say, I see. white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, of course the opposite is true. Then you don't want to come here in the winter. It is
0: oh, miserable. Yeah yeah or especially this winter right now everybody's getting ready to struggle over there this winter all right yeah yeah i don't know too much about that but i know it's uh kind of a bad deal it is yeah yeah with prices of everything going up and mm-hmm. you
1: know and then we'll be getting bad weather and stuff like that but yeah. you know you have to find the, the brighter side in it as well at the same time
0: well hopefully i can come visit you in the spring maybe that'll be yeah. better
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. We'll uh, we'll have to hook up and have a Guinness or something.
0: Oh, for sure. Maybe more than one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Before we get on to the last couple of questions, one I have for you is when you're much older, you know, you can no longer hold the drumsticks and you look back at your career. What needs to happen for you to feel fully fulfilled?
0: Well, before I reach that point, there's a certain place I want to reach with this band, and that is playing for seas of people. You know, I'm, I'm you know, kind of uh, making a documentary of our whole story. The story's not completed yet. It's going from we started on the couch, and it's going to end. Where we're playing for a sea of people, and it's going to tell that story how we got there. we right, you know, we're right about eighty percent of the story right now. It needs a turn. Um, you know, I wanted to do that. But um, as I get older, I think about that now, as I'm in the game now, will I be proud when I'm done older? I'm working on that right now. Okay. And I'm living, I'm doing everything I can now while I'm able to. And so when I am older and not able to do this, I can look back and be proud and know I have pieces of recordings in time that that will never go away it's a a snapshot in time every one of your albums pictures or whatever it may be it's a snapshot in time it's timeless yeah okay so you know i'm i want to make a mark and know that i left a positive mark on this place before i go now if i can do that i'm good
1: i love that i love that answer it's uh the sincerity in it you know and as well what I was thinking was as hard as you work and as hard as the band works, you know, I'm sure that whatever happens, you know, you'll have achieved great success.
0: That's that's right. And, you know, we're living it right now. I mean, success is a journey. It's never a destination. Because if you're there, then what? I mean, it's always a journey. It's always a stepping stone. And as long as we're doing something in the right frame of mind, of what we do, um, that journey will just keep going until we just physically can't do it anymore. So yeah, I'm reminding everybody we're living it right now, guys. I mean, this is something we all dreamed about doing a record and video. And next week we're heading out on a big tour and, you know, doing interviews on the tour. We're doing all this stuff. We're busy and this is what we all wanted. So it's happening now. So I tell everybody, enjoy now, enjoy every minute of it, enjoy now. And uh, tomorrow when we don't have nothing to do. We'll figure out something for that, you know, but enjoy now. And that's what we're doing. And I think we're putting high quality time and efforts and, and outputs on our pro- production to, so we'll be proud in the future, you know,
1: no question. All about living in the moment and yeah. future plans. As you said, you're heading out with Michael Schenker. Would you like to tell us about it?
0: Sure. Um, we're heading out actually I'm looking at my calendar. We're leaving on Monday next week to head out to California to start the tour and, um, Tours, uh, tour stops are already selling out. I think we got six sellouts so far on the tour and hasn't started yet. Um, our very first show is sold out, and our third show is sold out, and our fifth show is sold out, and then some <laughs> others. But we're working on more. Um, so it's a blessing to be able to go out with an icon like Michael Chinker uh, to go support him uh, on his tour and also to give everybody a nice presentation of Images of Eden so i think it's going to be really fun uh, going out with these guys i met michael a couple times before in the past super duper cool guy it's kind of be a a, shot, a culture shock from our last tour to this tour <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's going to be cool and then eric martin is going to be opening up which you know he was a, a, a radio king back in the late 80s and 90s and is just still doing great stuff it's A super good guy I haven't met him yet, but I hear he's really fun, likes to joke around and have a great time. That's just like us. So <laughs> we should have just a blast. So I'm um, really looking forward to it. Um, I think this is going to be one of our best tours to date, you know, just with the the friendliness of everyone, the organization, the tour manager is on the money on everything. And I'm normally the tour manager and we go out. So we like perfect. You're doing everything right, Steve. You're doing everything right. All right, great. <laughs> so we're all hitting it off really well and uh very excited so we're just going to get sleep when we can and put on a great show every night
1: geez you're after getting me excited for it now and i'm like five thousand <laughs> miles away <laughs> sounds sounds like it's going to be epic and is there anything locked in further down the line europe
0: not not yet um uh, like I said, we just put this EP out on Friday. Uh, the video just came out. The tour's coming up, so we're kind of like going to go run off with all that and let some opportunities kind of funnel in here uh, before the year ends. And uh, yeah, it's just you know we really want to get to Europe. We just we got to get over there and and show everybody what we can do. And and I hope everybody likes it. That's my goal. Is after the first of the year is to get over on that side. So. That's what we're looking for. We're going to see how radio charting and reviews and how this album sells and all that. But so far, so good.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. And when you finally do make it over here, don't forget about Ireland. Remember, you're half Irish. You have to come It's on the
0: top of my list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. So we'll move on to the last couple of questions. Now, everybody gets these, so you can't get off the podcast till you answer, I'm afraid. Okay. If there was... An artist or performer from history you could see in concert for one night only, who would it be?
0: Okay, Elvis Presley. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah, why so? Well, well, you know, my parents were a huge fan. I know he was an icon of his time. He still is today. I mean, and I would just love to go see him perform. He was the ultimate performer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm a. have said it before on the podcast, I'm a massive Elvis fan. When I was uh, eight and nine years of age, I started collecting all his records. Oh, really? oh yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm massively into him. And nice. I'm always kinda shocked when people give that as an answer, or I'm shocked when metal guys give that as an answer, you know? But it's good to see he's uh he's still in people's thoughts, I suppose, even today. The next one, so. If you could be locked in a room with any performer or artist from history, living or dead, for 24 hours, who would it be?
0: Let's see. Um, This is a tough one. Um, Neil Peart. Right, right. Neil Peart.
1: What would you hope to learn?
0: Oh, well, I would just try to pick up anything I could. I don't know. I mean, really his thought process behind writing his drum riffs the way he does. Yeah,
1: yeah. Good choice. So, good choice. And the final one if there was a song that could appear on the soundtrack to your life, what would it be?
0: Mm. Could it be one of my songs?
1: Yep. Yeah. Any song at all?
0: Uh, in Memory of Me on our last album, Angel Born.
1: Ah,
0: right, right. If you have never heard that before, check it out. It's It's pretty crazy.
1: Right, right, right. Perfect choice. So, listen. I've really enjoyed chatting with you now for the last hour. It's been really informative and really enjoyable.
0: Thank you. Me as well. Thank you very much.
1: i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10 percent off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing here the show is over